John's tired and I'm frazzled. Uh, yeah, she's one of Yep. My silly ass husband decided to talk to people who knocked at the door. And now they're coming back to look at our gutters tomorrow, so I have to be I have to stay at work late so I don't have to be home when this <laughs> happens because I'm not dealing with it. And why would we need need gutters? New gutters? I'm not buying new gutters. And I'm not even gonna be home, I just realized. Oh well. Like who tells people who knock at your door to come back? I don't know. Oh, you just I got no. caught off guard. Oh my god. Anyway, hi. Welcome to the podcast that we do. About DVDs. Yeah. I was watching that guy on that skateboard. Long hair, long board, flying by. Oh, I've seen him before. Yeah. Anyway, this is a podcast where we uh, talk about the DVDs that we own. We ask ourselves, why do we own Lord of the Rings, Return of the King? Because that's what we're talking about today. Yay. Why do we own Return of the King? Because we own the other two. It's a a third in a trilogy that we own. Um, And it's one heck of a good movie. Heck of a. It's, it's a pretty good movie, uh-huh. so I've heard. Yeah. It, it did well. How, how many awards. times did we see it in the theater? You know, we only saw it once. Oh, we I think once. we only saw it once. Maybe twice? I don't remember. We, so, didn't, we didn't see it a bunch? No, because I think we were just burned out. I don't know. So the first movie, which we'll get to when we get to it, but we saw the first movie, Fellowship of the Ring. We saw it in the theaters 13 times. Once for each Oscar nomination. Yep. Yeah. We saw the second one. I think 10. Mm, I think it's like nine or something. Was it nine? Oh. Less than the first one. I thought, and it, was, then I thought it was 10. By the time the third one came out. Because I thought we saw this one 10 times. But then I was thinking no. about it. I go, we, I can't endure this 10 times. But, uh, yeah. Because it's I, too emotional. I think maybe twice or something. Like once. The, we uh, would have seen it more than once. I'm I think I had to see it again convinced. because I cried like the last hour. And I wasn't really sure what was happening. So yeah, I had to go see it right. again. And Anyway. But um, you'll come to find out. You'll find out right now and you'll come to realize later on when we get to the other ones. We're, we're big Lord of the Rings fans. Um, Are you still as big a fan now as you were then? Probably not. But I still just because there's so much other stuff to yeah, spread the that, fandom around. I think around. that that happens with everything. But I think Fellowship of the Ring is still my favorite movie of all time. I wonder if I think it still holds the first position. I don't know. It's hard because it's been almost twenty years since the first one. Can you really hold a favorite movie for that long? Because I've had many different favorite movies mm-hmm. throughout my life, as I think everyone has. Because then you know you. You're always seeing new stuff, and someday you're going to see something that knocks that other one right out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I asked myself, have I seen have I seen that movie that has knocked Fellowship of the Ring out of first place? I don't know. I don't see as much as I used to. So, I, or do I? Do I? I don't, I have no idea. Because as you see more things, you're also getting older. Your life is different from how it was when you first saw that favorite movie. I don't know. It's a weird, you know, I was 22 when I saw Fellowship of the Ring. I'm 40 now. Lots of shit has happened between then and now. Can it really mm-hmm. still be my favorite movie? Like, Yeah, taste, taste change, relevance changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still 
think these are amazing movies. Obviously, I think they hold up. Um, Return of the King. It sounds weird to say this, but it's my least favorite of the trilogy. Why? I mean, it makes it sound so bad. It makes it sound like I don't like it. I'm, obviously, I like it. The Lord of the Rings trilogy is my favorite set of movies. It's my favorite trilogy. I like it better than Star Wars. I like it better than Harry Potter. Ah, that felt weird to say when I said it out loud and not in my head at night at two in the morning when I'm laying in bed thinking about things. But I, I Fellowship of the Ring obviously is my favorite of the of the trilogy. It's what started things off. It's a f- fantastic setter upper. So it's <laughs> you like it. You like Two Towers better than yes, this one as well. I do. Isn't Two Towers there considered the days, slow one? N- there are some days when I watch Two Towers and I say, this is better than Fellowship of the Ring. I love Two Towers so much. And it hasn't knocked Fellowship of the Ring out of number one because if I think it's for the same reason that people say I love Empire of the Strikes Back, but Star Wars is my favorite movie because it was the first. It was your first exposure. I, I don't know. That's just how I feel sometimes. Like, I love Empire. But it's like, oh, but Star Wars, it was like the, you know, the first mm-hmm. thing. I love Two Towers, but Fellowship was the first thing. And I think Fellowship of the Ring is a perfect movie, but we'll get to that. I love Two Towers because it's such a great middle. In the same way that Empire is such a great middle. We we meet so many new characters in Two Towers, but it's not disruptive. It's, okay. it's yeah. so different from Fellowship of the Ring. Whereas I think Return of the King and Two Towers are obviously they're more connected. Because those new people from the second one are... Now everyone's in the third one. I don't know. I don't it's, know. So much happens. Well, in all of them. But so much happens in Return of the King. And it's... Do you feel overwhelmed or... Sometimes I feel overwhelmed even though I know it's... It's not like they're trying to cram everything in two hours. No, they cram everything in three hours and 20 minutes. Is it that long? It's three hours and 20 minutes. Oh, because we yeah. watched it what, last The running night? time was about 200 minutes, so. We watched it last night? Yeah, we watched I, it last night. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel yeah, the length. Yeah, we started at six. Although I've never it, been aware of the length of that movie, of any of them, really. They always. I'm aware of the length when I watched Return of the King, the, the director's cut, because it's four hours long. They, they always, because I'm always very much drawn in immediately. So, I mean, those kinds of movies, I don't notice the time. Mm-hmm. Well, which is good, you're, you know. And you always want more, so which is good. So it always feels too short. But I didn't realize it was that long, like the the theatrical. The, yeah, I mean, that's, I knew it was a long. It's about the same length as Titanic. That's too long. Well, I love Titanic. Titanic is too long. No, never. I mean, briefly, Return of the King. It's obviously the culmination of everything that's been leading up. You know, they have to destroy the the Ring of Power. I mean, there's so many different storylines and you know they always said this book was unfilmable because of the fact that there's so many different storylines that are taking place and not even remotely connected really but they are and how how would we film this you know they read the Tolkien books which are basically 99% description <laughs> they also said that you know Dr. Seuss's How the Girl Stole Christmas was unfilmable nah. Why would that be unfilmable? Because it's like a 20-page book. So it's Shrek. I think for that technology leading up previous to it, it wasn't able to convey Dr. Seuss's vision of the movie. So he always said no to movies. Yeah. And then when, who directed that? 
Ron Howard. It was Ron Howard, right? Yeah. When they showed um, Theodore Geisel's widow. Okay. Like, like test footage and everything. She was so impressed that she said yes to greenlighting that movie. Because uh-huh. she that, knew this is that what, technology hadn't this is been what there before then. Theodore Geisel would have wanted to see. This yeah. is his vision. Probably, yeah. Yeah, which... I could, yeah, he's like, yeah, you can do it in animation, but can you do it real? And you, because really, that movie is a living cartoon. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. It's so stylized. It's and, so we're nice not going to talk at. about Dr. Seuss until so, we get I mean, to it. Cause we I think it. this movie would be unfilmable just because it's so vast. Yeah, there's I mean, so the many, world create, he created... There's so many, like, branches to this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. It just it and, goes everywhere. And so. to be able to bring all those branches that have been growing in the first two movies and to finish it in this i mean i i and they pruned a lot speaking of branches i mean they really <laughs> they really well, yeah because they, they cut out tom bombadil to. they cut you know well, that's they, the first but yeah but, i mean they had to rem- pick and choose what they what was going to be yeah. essential to the story they wanted to tell and i mean you're going to have without your, taking too much away yeah, from but you're, i mean you're going to have your hardcore hardcore Tolkien book fans who yeah, will, you have your peers who want who will never be fully satisfied. Well, no. But I think this pleased a lot more people than other book to movie conversions have pleased people. I mean, I think you know, for the most part, I think a lot of people agreed. You know, they took I mean, something that was so, you know, like you said, so vast and and mm. made a pretty damn good trilogy out of it. Well, I mean, there's far a, more there's far more people who love this movie than. Who are upset by it, you know? By I, I want to hope so. I mean, it's toxic people out there, and you know, back in two thousand three, we didn't have internet. Oh, we had internet, but we didn't have social media for people to bitch about. I can't believe they did this and this. I mean, I guess you had forums, uh, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, you had you know, chat rooms and stuff, and those were limited to the people who were in those chat rooms. Yeah, whatever. Whereas now you have grandmas who were just who see you know who are on the same social media that the grandkids are and that's icky i know um which is why i participate in none of it yeah but what peter jackson was able to do is so impressive what he was able to create you know and and the fact that they did all three of them at the same at time at the same time yeah i mean parts of return of the king were filmed before parts of fellowship of the ring and which really, Dude, I mean, logistical reasons, flooding, and they're like, oh crap, I can't film this. Let's film apart from the third movie, which comes out two years after the first. It's really a smart, it's an insane way to do it, but it's also very smart because then you don't have to worry about, you know, people looking after different. continuity. Yeah. yeah. Which, isn't that what James Cameron is doing with his Avatar sequels? I'm putting this in air quotes, guys, because Avatar sequels have been in the works for about 10 years. I don't know anything about the. I heard that, you know, his sequels, Avatars. they were all being filmed at the same time, but that was like long time ago when they were talking about this and i still have they still haven't announced when these are supposed to come out i mean they have they worked on them this whole time i i have no idea no one really knows mm. if you ever see james cameron on the street ask him hey what's up with those sequels not that i'm a huge avatar fan I'm not it's fine i mm. guess but but yeah i know that he kind of took a, a page from jackson in in doing these at the same time because it's a lot of work, but yeah, you're right. With actor continuity and just easier to get story continuity all there, you know? 
So, I mean, it's hard enough to keep details straight day to day, let alone years in between. Yeah. Which, I mean, and there's a lot of details that they... Because, I mean, we'll get to it, but I'll see the story of the shirt at the end of the movie. And that was just oh. from one day to the next. I mean, that was a whole nightmare. So, but, um, so some quick opening facts. This movie opened December 17th, 2003. Um, they all opened the same week. You know, I think Fellowship opened the 19th, Two Towers opened the 18th, and this opened the 17th. So, consistency. Um, all, you know, a year apart. Um, directed by Peter Jackson, obviously. I was surprised by his budget. You know, we were, you know, Pirates had the 150, some Pixar movies had mm. around 150. I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good amount. But the but this one had 94 million. Is that, I mean, is that, was that? That's, I don't, I don't, yeah, is that all? Was three? that averaged out from the, all three movies though? Because when I looked at Fellowship, it said 93 million. Or budget. did they, did they, they must have actually parsed out money I'm for guessing each movie. they, it's like divided by three. I would think. I don't know. Cause, I mean, I think they would think, okay. I mean, I can see. I mean, because the. $270 million budget divided for all three. by three. So that's, you About know, 90, 90 million. million. Yeah. That, but I don't know. But you obviously would, you would say, okay, the first movie is going to cost the least. Because it had the least amount of effects shots. And then you put everything else into the last two. You put the brunt of it in the last one, really, you would think. It, Richard King had the most. I mean, if that's going to be your finale, you put it all in there. Yeah. But, you know, Return of the King also made the most money. But, I mean, I would have thought Return of the King would have, that alone would have been $200 million. Yeah. Like, I, how did these movies not cost a billion dollars total to make? Well, they filming in New Zealand. The actors probably weren't getting paid $20 well, million, And the thing is, know? they they did it all themselves, really. They, they designed their own software for stuff. They designed... Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of you know, homegrown things. And they even, weren't buying stuff. And actors, you know, really. if you're paying actors, you're, you know, you're paying them for three movies. Not, or it's one big movie, I think, and you're paying them and it, one salary, I would think. Not for, I don't, well, I don't I mean, know you, how that shit works, but. They, yeah, they get a, a three movie deal, but I mean. Yeah. Or in some of their cases, <clears throat> Orlando, you get more. <laughs> when I, he was in The Hobbits, you know. I mean, I remember. I think it was, wasn't it Sean Astin who, I was surprised by how little he had made on this movie, these movies. Yeah, I have his book. And I don't remember what it was, but I was very surprised by, and he's not like bitter about it. He's just stating as fact, you know. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. I don't want to get to how much they make because I have no idea. I'm sure Orlando Bloom wasn't paid a lot. I mean, the thing is, I mean, you're. Tyler probably was paid a little bit more than. Some people. I mean, the thing is, too, once you sign that deal, you're guaranteed that amount of work, though, which is what you really are after. Mm-hmm. You want to just stay employed. Yeah. And, I mean, this was years of employment for them. Yeah. So. I mean, they started filming in 99. I mean, that's two years. I mean, it's like signing on to a TV series where you're guaranteed X number of seasons. Yeah. Which, that's unheard of. You know, you don't get that. Yeah. You know, We'll buy one season and we'll, we'll buy check your it out. pilot. You know. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, this movie made a lot of money. It was the second movie to hit a billion. So Titanic was the first. And then this hit a billion, 1.12. And like I said, nowadays, 
If you don't hit a billion, you're a failure. I mean, I the new today, Lion King. The new Lion King just hit a billion today worldwide. I'm like, God damn, that was out for like two weeks. Good for them. I mean, I'm not going to go see it. but No, we're not, not going to contribute to that, but... Well, I'm like, good for them. I mean, they that it, that feels like a bigger gamble than, than anything I can think of in recent... And just, yeah, I'm never going to be That and Aladdin better. were, to me, seemed like... Big gambles and it paid off. Good I mean, for them. There were surprise hits to me, but I, I'm never gonna be bitter about a movie making a billion. I don't care who what movie it is because it just shows that people still love movies. People are still going, you know. I mean, the fact that Titanic made a billion, I'm like, nah. I, it it doesn't me. move me either way. But I'm just like, just, I can't wait till we get to Titanic. I'm gonna crush you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not against it. I just, you know, I just okay. So good. Um. So yeah, this was the highest grossing movie of 2003, obviously. It beat Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, it's a, And at the time, it was the second highest grossing movie, obviously, behind Titanic. Um, Where is it now, do you know? It's so far down, I don't know. 36 movies have made a billion. I mean, it, and they're all Now Marvel, 37. They're all, yeah. all Marvel and Disney movies. Or James Cameron. And now 37 with Lion King now. But 30, I think I read 37 movies have made a billion. I, I would it's assume... It's down there on the list. I would assume Disney has the majority of that number. Yeah. Because of Marvel, because and of Star Wars. Pixar, because of... Star Wars. Lucasfilm. It's all, it's all, it's all Disney. Except for uh, James Cameron's properties and Peter Jackson's. Has any Nolan movie made a billion? Any bat, uh, any bat, the, I think uh, like Dark Bettons? Knight might have. I don't know. Not, not his Inception, not his. Uh, no, those are pretty. They're popular. But whatever his other one was. Like Dunkirk. Interstellar. Interstellar. He makes great. Who did movies. Gravity? Oh, that was um. Yeah, the Prisoner of Azkaban guy. Um, Caron. Alfonso Caron, which you haven't seen, you guys. Let's try to get Sean to watch Gravity. And not interested. As much as I love space, I don't want to see that. It looks too dramatic. And I wish I would have seen it on the big screen. I'm well. That's I saw it on a TV. Nobody's fault but your own. Yeah, true. Um, should we talk about the cast for Return of the King? Sure. Um, we got our returning cast, uh, Elijah Wood, as Frodo Baggins, who impresses me each time I see these movies. Impresses me just a little bit more because of his unrealistically blue eyes. Because of his <laughs> big blue eyes, and he's. I think he was almost like, not underrated, but like an unsung hero in these. I mean, and I. I mean, he was... He's so good in these wasn't movies. Wasn't he still just a teen? No. He was like 18. 18, right? yeah. He's just a few years younger than me. A couple years younger than me. Um, so if they had filmed me in 99, I was 20. And so, me, yeah, and I he's the he's youngest like, of the of the fellowship, I think right? so, yeah. Yeah. Because Dom and... Yeah, they're all old farts. Billy Boyd, they're all older. Um, yeah, Elijah Wood, we got... as Frodo. Frodo Beckins. Ian McKellen as our favorite wizard Gandalf. Is he your all-time favorite wizard? Of... Uh, no. Do you enjoy? Sorry, Dumbledore's. Do you but, but Michael Gambon Dumbledore or yes, Richard Harris Dumbledore? Michael Gambon. Except for the one line in Goblet of Fire. I really wish. Richard Harris had lived long enough to, see. You like Richard Harris better Dumbledore than Michael all Gambon. the way through? No, but I think. He started it. When I think it would have been interesting to see him, in. In Half-Blood Prince, who does in, that amazing stunt work. <laughs> in, like, the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. He's not alive in Deathly Hallows. Well, he's alive in the first... No, he dies in Half-Blood Oh, Prince. he dies in Half-Blood Yes, oh, my God. 
Oh yeah, because oh, that's it kicks off. I don't know. The it's hills. a it's a hard competition between Dumbledore and Gandalf. But, but I would have liked to both, have seen Richard Harris and Snape. In they're that. both like introduced to people in movies at the, the same year. I mean, we got Sorcerer's Stone came out in November of two thousand one. This comes out in December. We got two old man wizards. And really, they they actually kind of look alike. They have long white hair. Um, I don't know. I love. I like Gandalf in Fellowship of the Ring when he's... Gandalf the Grey. He's just grand, Gandalf the Grey. Um, I love Dumbledore in... I don't know, Azkaban. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is, it, is, Dumbledore, is Gandalf your favorite wizard? What other wizards are there? No. We're kind of leaving out some. Well, I mean... Is Obi-Wan Kenobi a wizard? He has that same he's, role. He's referred to as an old wizard. Mm-hmm. He's that same kind of guidance. I mean, he really is an old wizard. I mean... Yeah. He's got short white hair. I mean, Gandalf and Dumbledore, they're both oh, using the force. You must mean Ben Kenobi. Um, anyway, so yeah. Liv Tyler as um, Arwen. And it's funny, and watching... Wynn. Arwen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Shout out to our friend from New Zealand, Anne Wynn. Who's not listening, but... Who's completely related to Lord of the Rings, which we can mention later when we talk about our i realized trip. watching it last night that i i've seen so many Liv tyler movies it's really, really weird. like what this and empire records empire records stealing beauty inventing the abbots i have armageddon when the hell did you see those two movies when they came out yeah no one's seen those movies but you yeah armageddon i love her in armageddon i really do i think she's i the think standout. wasn't like empire records one of her first things yeah which i just aside from the this. aerosmith videos yeah those are great yeah, I just saw Empire, Empire Records, Records was like 95. Five? Yeah. I just saw it for the first time this year. And I'm like, wow, this is a movie of I think its she did, time. I think she did a couple like small like little indie things before that. Well, the Aerosmith videos were 93, 94. I think her her first Stealing big Beauty movie was... Stealing like 96? Yeah. Armageddon was 98. Abbott's was 97, 98. Joaquin Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. No one saw that. I did. Um, so yeah, Liv Tyler as Arwen, which was controversial at first, at least with Fellowship. Her casting was controversial. Because like, who's this lady that's not really in the books, but only in the appendices? Because she's only mentioned, right? Yeah. And they're like, Steven Tyler's daughter. She's great. Don't judge. Um, we have Beagle Mortensen as uh, the lovely Aragorn, who's only gotten handsomer as I've gotten older. <laughs> who, who did he replace? Stuart Townsend Townsend I almost said Stuart Sutcliffe I'm like wait that was a beetle but I mean it wasn't like can a, you imagine it wasn't like a Marty McFly situation though Were they, well they did it was rehearsal I don't know they I had done think, like test footage I mean he was hired they had done test screenings and stuff I mean, he was and, full on like hired as, yeah. as Aragorn I mean they had done all his fittings and everything and they were ready to go I mean this this cast it, it's so great it's, it's one of those things like I can't imagine anyone else in these roles did they so ever give a reason why they... He just wasn't working out. Okay. And then they saw Vigo and were like, there's our, there's our Aragorn. Um, Sean Astin, who is... I've been to his house. Yes. Sean has been to Sean Astin's house. He loves this story. No, I mean, that's, that's all. His cousin sells... He's a private broker for cars, and he, was, he sold Sean Astin a car, and he's like, hey, you want to come with him? Delivering it to his house. And so Sean went with, and they talked a little bit. We chatted, Chad. saw his kids, watched the dude operated with one of his daughters. <laughs> Ellen, the one who plays Eleanor? The young, the older daughter, obviously, because 
when I when I was there, the this second one was just a baby. What movies had come out? All of, all of them. All, they were all out by then? Yeah. Um, Sean Astin is definitely my favorite character in Return of the King. I'm sorry. Sean Astin is not a character. Sam Lewis <laughs> Gamgee um, slash Sean Astin, the actor, is definitely, he's my favorite in Return of the King. Watching it last night, I was like, hands down, no one comes close to his performance in, in Return of the King. Oh, he's carrying a lot of weight in this movie. And Literally! Not, not f- ha! He uh, carries mean, Frodo! <laughs> I mean, he's he's doing a lot. He's doing the brunt of the heavy lifting in this movie. And his his run of Although, being the know, greatest, blah, 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 his run of being the greatest started at the end of Two Towers mm-hmm. when he gives that speech, mm-hmm. the great stories, Mr. Frodo. And it continues on until the fucking credits of Return of the King. But I mean, really, all the Hobbits really do well in this movie. But yeah, of but Sam is definitely the standout. Especially like the last like stretch of like forty minutes of the movie. I mean, Sean Astin blew me away. And I guess I don't. I mean, I think I've always done it, but just watched it last night, and it has been a long time since I've seen this movie. I was just like, I. Why was he not nominated for for an Oscar for this? Was he not at all? No. Oh. I, I mean, Ian McKellen... I had it in my head that he was. Ian McKellen was the only actor to be nominated, and he was nominated for Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, um, I do... Yeah, did I... Did not win. I am aware Sean of that. Sean Astin, yeah. hands down, should have been nominated Best Supporting Actor Return of the King because his performance is so amazing. You know, it's that that line, I, I can't carry it whatever i can't carry it for you but i can, but I can carry, carry you. you we have a statue of that scene an actual statue of him carrying frodo well it's not a st- it's a tiny statue what do you want to call it a maquette figurine it's a diorama uh it's a that is made by gentle giant Gen- i think it's gentle giant or sideshow yeah i don't know i don't remember um yeah i mean it you know it, it could be a cheesy line in other circumstances but you're just feeling it at that moment. You're like, oh my God, he's going to pick him up and he's carrying him to Mount Doom. He's going to help him destroy it. And, you know, I don't know. Sean Essen, props to you for this. Um, Kate Blanchett. Can't forget about her. She has a very small, tiny, tiny role in Return of the King. How she, do you name her before you name... I'm just reading these in order that Wikipedia. Okay. I think these are um, the end credits of Liv Tyler. She's literally like second or third. Why? Third. Because she's more famous. I don't know. That but, odd how fun fact, in the that. end credits, they're all listed alphabetically, so Elijah Wood is very last. Because <laughs> yeah. it's alphabetical. And I'm like, no, he's the main character. So, yeah, Kate Blanchett, she plays uh, Galadriel. Much bigger role in the first movie. Um, I don't even know if she's in the second I don't second think she's a, she appears in the second. In a very, very small role. I mean, I think it's I like... Think she's... I think they reuse footage for the second movie from the first to like in like memories and stuff maybe like i don't think there's like original i mean she pops up when you know sam has the light of elendil right mm-hmm. when he's holding it or, or frodo one of those frodo's holding it in the second one like really we hear her voice more often than we see her face. and we see her at the very end when they're about to go to mm-hmm. the gray havens so really tiny role but who else can play galadriel no one we'll get more into galadriel when we do fellowship of the ring but love her uh, John Reese Davies as uh, Gimli the dwarf, who's not a, a not dwarf a at dwarf. all. He's we've seen him. Andy, well, yeah, we've seen him in Raiders, and he's a big dude. No, I mean we've seen him in person. Mm, mm. 
When did we see him in person? At the first line party, the one ring party. I don't remember. But Sean, so Sean and I back in the day, big Lord of the Rings fans. Living in LA, we went uh, to two Oscar par- three. Two, two. We didn't get. We weren't able to get tickets for the third one. Yeah, because it was popular. But we went to um, Oscar parties hosted by the One Ring.net. Shout out to Torn. And um, it was at the Hollywood Athletic Club. The Hollywood Athletic Club. We dressed up fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of torn that first year because it was also Moulin Rouge. <laughs> but, of course, you're in a room full of Lord of the Rings fans. You're going to... That was the year Steve Martin hosted the Oscars. One of the years. Yeah, he did too. Maybe those two that we Didn't were Didn't he do two? We I don't know. I don't know. I went but to apparently the... John Reese davies is there. I don't remember seeing him. I don't know. I don't. It was a Sunday night. I had to go to work the next day. I was all stressed out about. And your feet sleep. were cold. My you feet wore were cold. Bad shoes. Yeah, I do remember that. But it was fun. But yeah, John Reese davies He's a uh, Gimli, and he's he's the he's the humor of the of the story. I think he's got one liners. He's kind of the funny guy. He's the dwarf. Bernard Hill. Bernard Hill. Bernard. Bernard Hill. I wasn't sure how to say it. Bernard Hill. Um, as, He's not a Saint Bernard. <laughs> as, oh, God. What's his name? Eowyn. Theoden. Theoden. I'm trying to go through the I was watching. I was watching Theoden, you flounder. Who um, is one of my favorites in Two Towers. Um, his role is slightly smaller in this one. His two tower scenes are great. But his death scene made me a little... I didn't cry, but I was starting to feel some emotion. His death scene, I, I'm i not a fan of. Just, I mean... So he gets crushed by a horse. Yeah, it's not and a great way to go out. his last words, he's talking to Eowyn, his niece. Mm-hmm. Yes? You know, he's, my body's broken. She knows he's going to die. His last word is Eowyn. Right? I think. Yeah. Why yeah, are because, you a fan of his, his Well, no, no, no. Death? Just because I don't like the way he died. It's, I think it's shitty. I mean. How would you have had him die? On his oh, feet. Oh, God. Did you call him a pussy? No. On I mean, your feet. Because he sees so, the the Felpies coming. And okay. that look of like, of just that oh shit look. I'm like, yeah. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, everyone deserves to have an oh shit look. But we were talking last night after he died. Or I'm like, how many people of the main characters, how many of them die? And really, it's just Boromir and Theoden, right? And um, Denethor, but because he uh, goes mad. He deserved it. And I guess um, Sauron dies. We don't see We see it in the theatrical. Mm-hmm. We don't see it in this one. Remember, Christopher Lee was all mad that they cut it. Wait. What? Sauron? Yeah. On the, he's on, on a spike? Yeah. It's cut from the theat- I mean it's cut from the theatrical. It's only in the director's oh, cut. We only see him We don't see him at all in Return of the King. In the director's cut, we see they go back to the chart. We see him die. Remember by a uh, Grima, Wormtongue, whatever. Right? And he like falls on that that wooden uh-huh. the water wheel. wheel thing. Remember, Christopher Lee was upset that his death was cut or that his role was cut from Return of the King. His relationship with Peter Jackson was kind of ee. 
And then for the director's cut, Peter Jackson put all those scenes back in and, and they like made up. And how do they, well then how do we know we that don't. he dies? And we, I think we're supposed to assume that he was ruined with the like, destruction of Isengard. Wow, because yeah, I've only, I mean, since the theater, I've only probably only watched the director's ones then. Because you know, in Two Towers, they destroy Isengard. Uh-huh. And I think we're just gonna be like, oh, well he must have got destroyed with them. Because we, we, we see him at, we see Grima attack him, and then Legolas shoots Grima. Yeah. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. And then Saruman falls. But Grima had something to do with it. Oh, yeah, he stabbed him, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So okay. then what do they show in the theatrical? Nothing. I guess we'll see We watched it, it last we... night. There was no Saruman. No, we didn't see it. It doesn't happen in Return of the King. Yeah, it does. Oh, where, where, where was I? They, they destroy Isengard in two towers, but all that stuff we were just talking about happens in the oh, director's yeah. cut in Return of the because, King. That's why it's four hours long. Oh, yeah, because Gandalf goes in back and tries talking him down. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was... Anyway, co- okay. Speaking of Christopher Lee, he's the next on my cast list. He's Sauron. Um, He's really great in the first two. Is he's, he a better wizard than Gandalf? No. Is he a more powerful wizard than Gandalf? He might be. He's evil. I can't support that. He used to be good. Is Voldemort a better wizard than... Radagast is also a wizard, but he's in The Hobbit. Radagast the Brown. Mm-hmm. With all the bird shit on his hair. Fucking hippie. Um, Smells like patchouli. <laughs> Billy Boyd as Mary the Hobbit. Mm, nope. Nope. Pippin. Thank you. Um, A favorite of yours. My favorite Hobbit. Your favorite Hobbit. You've always liked Pip. Mm-hmm. And... I think your story of the plane. Do you remember when you you were reading Lord of the Rings on the plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everything went dark. (laughs) No, and then his eyes saw no more. Yeah, but that's fellowship. And I thought he, I'm like, fuck, does he die? (laughs) Wait, is this like Beth from Little Women? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Uh, Pippin survives. As does uh, Dominic Monaghan as Mary. Uh, Dom. Who is my favorite actor? Hobbit actor. He's great. Because of the German all interview. the shit he does <laughs> to Elijah Wood. If you have and access <laughs> to the special features on, I don't know if it's on the director's card, and the, but he does a fake interview with Elijah Wood. Like via phone or whatever. Where he pretends to be a German and reporter. His, his German accent is perfect. Well, because he's from Germany. Yeah, but I Hello, mean, he lived just... There. And Elijah Wood thinks he's real, and he's asking him the most absurd questions, and it's so goddamn funny. You yes, make a you make thing. a movie called Flipper, very yes. famous movie. The dolphin is dead. Did you know this? Yes. Uh, no, I did not know that. That's terrible. Died in a car accident. <laughs> uh, Elijah, I must finish now, but I must tell you now that it is Dom Monahan talking to you. Brilliant. How are you, mate? Um, Dom is great. He went on to do Lost for a few years, which was a pretty popular show. And I think his um, his Discovery Channel was it Discovery Channel? Oh, the bugs. Yeah, his wildlife. Be curious. Yeah. Is that still on? I don't. We don't have cable. I don't remember. That was a fun show to watch. Oh yeah, it's it's always entertaining. His Twitter is always cool. Be curious. Um, Orlando Bloom. As the elf from Mirkwood, Legolas. I have no words. 
no um orlando bloom is what hooked me (laughs) i'm gonna totally admit in the first movie i was like who is this elf (laughs) who is this actor when did we see black hawk down because I saw his name in the credits. And Side of the theater. And yeah, we did because I saw Orlando Bloom's so name. So we saw it whenever it came out. I was like, those are the same people. We didn't watch it in no second run. It was a first run. I've seen it since. I know, but um, we didn't watch it as a second run movie. We didn't watch it. Yeah, I know. We saw it full stuff. No, whenever that came out. Ridley Scott. So Orlando Bloom plays Legolas. Um, he's, you know, he's basically his character from Pirates. <laughs> he's. No, he's kind of snobby. I think he's a snob. He's a dandy. He's a dandy. All elves are. He's a total dandy. Total dandy. Um, He can like walk on snow. Shit don't stink. Shit don't stink. I don't think they even shit. I don't think they shit either. They don't die. They might as well not shit either. They can be killed, but yeah, Yeah. they don't die. Legolas doesn't get killed. He does some pretty sweet moves in each movie though. He's a skater boy. He's a skater boy. B-O-I. B-O-I. Say see you later, boy. Um, And this was his move in this one. He climbs the, the olifant. Mm-hmm. And then slides, slides down the down. trunk. He doesn't slide. He he. Because uh, he skateboards down skate, the stairs skate, and skates boards. He skateboards skate down the stairs and Helm's Deep. He. Uh, What's he doing the first one? Treads lightly on snow. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't sink, but he's quite handsome with his long blonde hair. I wonder if the sound of the cat feeder is going. Yeah, our cat. We have an automatic food dispenser, and it's going up right now. Our cats are fed by a robot. Because yeah, we're too fucking lazy. Well, we did it for a vacation. Yeah, and we just haven't replayed it. We're just like, eh, it's nice how it is. It's it's convenient. It is. Um, so yeah, Orlando. He's in all three. He's also in the Hobbit movies. Which does it make sense? Mm, I don't know. Wait, what did you? I wasn't paying attention. Um, Legolas in the Hobbits. He's in the Hobbit. He's in the second and third. Okay, well. Does it make sense to have him in there? Is or he in the a, book? No, not not even close. Oh, I don't remember. Um, I read that book. You should read it. Thirty again. years ago. You should read The Hobbit again. I read it like once a year because it's short and easy to read. And I still. There's no Legolas in The Hobbit. I don't recall. But I, it would make sense for. He's in the world because he existed. So yes, I mean, and they. I think the Hobbits do go through Mirkwood which is where Legolas would mm-hmm. live at that time. Uh, whatever. Money grab, maybe a little. And his face was a little fatter. <laughs> he wasn't my young, pretty Orlando. He was just... He was eating well since Return, since the Lord of the Rings done, movies. He's done well. He's engaged to Katy Perry. Weird. What? Oh, they're totes engaged. Yeah. Oh, really? They broke up and they got back together and now they're engaged. Oh, that... I think that delights me. I don't know. Really? Such a weird couple. What does she even? Anyone know with is? Katy Perry is a weird couple. <laughs> Anyone with Orlando, I guess it's better than Kate Bosworth. Different eyes. Whatever happened to her? I don't know. I had nothing. She you. was way too skinny. What? She was a skinny girl. Is, was she skinny? Our cat is sneezing. Anyway, Orlando Bloom, um, Hugo Weaving. We're talking like two hours about the cast. Hugo Weaving, um, uh-huh. as Elrond. Arwen's dad, kind of the leader of uh, Rivendell, the the person that Gandalf consults. The patriarch of... Yeah. Is he the mayor of Rivendell, basically? He's the mayor of Rivendell, (laughs) you guys. Um, Fresh off his success in... uh, The Matrix. Matrix. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Um, But will forever be known as Elrond to me. I don't even care. 
He's great. Uh, he's got great hair. <laughs> and he's a great dad. He's just like a dad in this in this. Hang series. on, I think we gotta we a lawnmower. Oh, Hang a on. lawnmower. Hold on, I gotta close doors. Okay, we're back. Um next we have Miranda Otto. She plays Aon, which I know a lot of um girls like. I mean, a lot of she's like I mean I'm not gonna say she's she better than Arwen. Because she does stuff. Arwen doesn't do anything. Eowyn, she wants to fight in battle. That's her thing. She, you know, she grew up in Rohan. Um, she wants to wield a sword. Is there a reason why I get her mixed up with Naomi Watts? They're blonde and Australian. Well, maybe I that's don't know. Um, I don't, but maybe because I'm more observant. Um no. Whatever, Alan Arkin. Um, I know when when Two Towers first came out, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, Eowyn, she's awesome. She's a great female, you know, role compared to Arwen who just lays around and just, oh, I want to be human or whatever she does. <laughs> no, Arwen's fine. Sorry. I love you, Arwen. But Eowyn wants to do stuff. She doesn't want to be in a cage, right? That's what she, t- she tells Aragorn. What's the line? I don't know. I used, that's Two Towers. And she's got a thing for Aragorn, but I think by Return of the King, she realizes, okay, he likes this Everyone has a thing for Aragorn, even the dudes. Yeah. You know, when I was was a kid, when we saw Fellowship, it was all, Orlando, he's so pretty. But man, as a 40-year-old woman, let me tell you, Aragorn slash Strider, damn, he is mighty good looking. Oh, he does it for me too. I mean. Fellowship of the Ring, we watched that. I'm like, God damn, did I not see how gorgeous... He was. I haven't seen Fellowship in a while. Oh, okay. I mean, I can. He's so I can good. replay the still movie rugged. in my head. He's so rugged in that one. He's oh, become yeah. a little more kingly as they've gone on. Oh, I'm, I'm like Ben Ben Kingsley. What Ben Kingsley? <laughs> um, David Wenham as Farmier. <laughs> Did you forget his name? I almost said Dennis Thorin. I'm like, no. Uh, Farmier is Boromir's brother. Um, Boromir is my favorite character from the first movie. Always will be. I don't care how pretty Orlando is. Boromir is my favorite character. Because um, he's the most... He's the most flawed. I know it's so stereotypical and so easy okay. to say. But he is the most flawed. Um, we'll talk about Boromir. He's not in this movie. Even though he gets a credit. Is he in a flashback? Mm. When's the boat scene? Two Towers. Were they... Because push him off in a boat because there's, that's when they go after that's when we, the yeah that's when we meet Farmer and he has that memory right of or is it a flashback of Boromir yay waving the banner anyway Farmer yeah. um, he hooks up with Eowyn at the end and there is a scene between them because in the theatrical you're like oh wow they're 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 together really um, there's a scene that's cut out. It's in the director's cut where they actually talk and, you know. Because they're in the Houses of Healing. Houses of Healing, which uh, if you listen to the music during Houses of Healing, it's actually Liv Tyler singing. Weird. So we didn't see any of this in the last night's movie then because no. we watched the theater. No, okay. were you awake? I was, but I... It's hard to get them because to I, separate them. Because when you're so used to... I feel to, like I watched a different movie than I remember now. Because my memory is mm-hmm. all of the directorial. I'll like I've, I haven't seen Theatrical Fellowship. In a long time. And I watch mm-hmm. Fellowship the most, but it's always the director's cut. So that's going yeah. to be a weird one because I love the director's cut. Well, blame it on Google for picking the... No, it's, the you know, it's easier because we, 
now that our daughter's back in town, it's hard to like squeeze these movies in, and it's like, oh my god! But I had to watch a horror movie last night. Um, okay, sorry. Carl Urban. Oh, he's also pretty hot stuff. <laughs> he plays. Ooh, just start with an E. Oh, shit. Can't remember these Rohan names. Aomer. Aomer. I knew it was like Aowen, but just a more masculine <sighs> ending. He plays Aomer. Again, we first meet him in Two Towers. We meet all the Rohan people in Two Towers. Um, he does, Is his role smaller in Return of the King? It is, right? In... What business in, does an elf, a man, and a dwarf have in the As opposed Rohan? to Two Towers? Yeah. yeah. It's smaller. I think it's... I think we see him more in the direct, director's guide. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but he's great as Amir. He's very Rohanian. He's got long blonde, golden hair. Okay. And um, John Noble plays Denethor, the steward of Gondor, the father of Boromir and Faramir. And he's an asshole. Who turns out to be the Mad King, essentially. <laughs> he's He goes crazy. He goes nuts and he tries And it's to- great. Because Boromir was his favorite son. Boromir dies, and he's like, well, Farmer, you're a sad, sad representation of my sons. And yet, it turns out Farmer is the most worthy. Well, yeah, much more worthy than Boromir. Like, Boromir was a good... He was a soldier. He was a good he was, soldier you know, and a good he went leader. To go find the ring. And... Farmer had the Look biggest heart. Look what happened heart. to Boromir. Yeah. Um, he was never a fan of Farmer, and he, like, tries to kill him until he realizes that he's trying to kill his son, and... Too late. He dies on the pyre. Pyre? No. Nope. Pyre? No, he doesn't. How is he? What happened? Doesn't he burn? On he the... runs his ass out and then jumps off the... On fire. He yes. was on the... He evil can evil First, it. tell me how to say that word. Pyre? Pyre. Yeah. Because when I read it in books, it's always pyre. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care. Um, John, we saw John Noble at a convention a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what convention it was. It was probably one of the creation ones. It yeah. was probably a. It, it might have been their general. It might have been the con. one where we saw like Ian Summerholder and. That was Evangeline just a, that was just a creation. We saw some lost people. Mm-hmm. Was John Noble at that one? I feel like it's that one. Anyway. We we didn't see him at work. Um, he was on the show Fringe, um, which I never watched, but. That's what he did post Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He was on Fringe. I saw a few episodes. It was, I liked it. It was good. Okay, good. Um, then we have Andy Serkis, who we actually get to see as a human in this movie. So he's Human-ish. always been... Well, no, in the beginning. He's Smeagol. Finds the ring. And yeah, the, but they're not humans. They're hobbits. Still a person. Yeah. Okay, he's a hobbit. I'm sorry. You're saying the hobbits aren't people. They're people. They're not necessarily human. <laughs> they're... Human They're not man. homo sapiens. He's not man in in Tolkien's definition. He's not Aragorn. Yeah, he's not Aragorn. he's not one of the, no, fucking human. the men folk. Human-ish. Mm. Yeah, anyway. So Andy Circus, he's the voice and the motion capture of uh, Gollum slash Smeagol. Slash King Kong. <laughs> well. Slash Caesar. Yeah, he's a, he's a motion capture magician, basically. Um, he's a living puppeteer. Puppet slash puppet. And he's his own puppet. If the Academy ever gets their asses out of their heads and they'll create a role best motion capture performance, Andy Circus would win every single award because Well, they need to do stunt performer 
categories as well. Andy Serkis is so underappreciated. I mean, I think he's appreciated. But when it comes to accolades, he's so underappreciated because he does so much work. And if you have the director's cuts of these movies with like those two disc appendices where it's like eight hours of behind the scenes. If you ever have the chance to watch him, I used to watch him literally like every weekend. They're so great. But you see how much work Andy Serkis is doing in Two Towers and The Return of the King. And this is a brand new thing that was happening too. Like motion, no one had ever really done motion capture. Even even watching like the interviews of the actors who he worked with on Fellowship when they're describing him when they because they they all only just met really, mm-hmm. and they're and he's throwing himself around on the icy on the oh my gosh yeah oh, cold we, we cold rocks to, and the there we went to that river in the river yeah full stop we we took a two week Lord of the Rings um, was that Hut Valley. I don't remember the places. We went to New Zealand for our honeymoon on a two-week Lord of the Rings tour. Full-on geek, and it was the best trip I've Shout out to... to oh, my God, it's the best trip I've ever been. Red carpet tours. Red carpet tours, if you have a chance to go. Vic and Raywin. They Ray still Wynn. have monthly tours. And Vic and Raywin James? Maybe Jones? James? James sounds more like I think it was James. Vic and Raywin. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's a great way to see both islands it's a great way to meet fellow lord of the rings fans i mean we'll talk about this trip when we do all these movies because you go to all the i mean all the locations they filmed at you're gonna go to and we had the opportunity to actually go to to weta to the weta workshop weta workshop and we met richard taylor who got to hold his oscar Oh, and you got we got to have a tour of the whole workshop all the stuff they made for this movie because they made everything in this way i mean there's You've, there's a lot of CG, but you forget how much practical stuff is in this movie. Costumes and weapons and hobbit feet and hobbit ears. I mean, so much of it. Mm-hmm. And it was the most amazing two-week experience of my it life. It was the best glimpse behind the scenes you could ever ask for, I oh think. God. And you're in a, in a country that... And it's uh, it's so silly, but I always say I left a piece of my, a piece of my heart in New Zealand, and it's still there waiting for me to come back and go get it but i that that country it, it does something to you and i've been to you know we went to england we've been to japan we've been to i don't know fucking portland oregon no <laughs> new zealand does something to you yeah portland's a very close second to it's new zealand second. it does something to you it it changes you i don't know portland. if that's because why do you portland you've been to hawaii multiple hawaii, times. sure yeah portland yeah with your mom um no new zealand does something to you and and you see it when you see the behind the scenes and the making of this movie they're all feeling it too you know that kiora that that welcome that love it i don't know i feel like i'm gonna start crying because new zealand you is sound so great. like you're about to start crying it's so great like this is my ad for go new zealand so travel new zealand um and you know and we have a friend who lives there we could you know have somewhere to stay if we went i don't know i totally invited myself but anyway where were we andy circus he should get nominated we, for we saw Oscar. him in person too at and we saw him at a, at a con a comic-con right well we saw him out he was getting onto a train onto the train we were getting on <laughs> we were like andy what do we yell and it was so weird and i don't think he heard us he, no he he did looked he look around because yeah. he heard his name but we and, weren't waving because then we realized what we just did <laughs> we just yelled his name out loud <laughs> But uh, that was the same train we saw Felicia Day on. Oh God, we're nerds. Um, yeah. So I mean, his performance as Gollum, 
in, in Return of the King, it's you know the movie starts off with him as excuse me, hiccups him as Smeagol, who was a Hobbit before he turned into Gollum, before the Ring took him, and he kills his brother, Deagle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over the ring, over something stupid. Well, because Deagle finds the ring. Yeah, Deagle finds the ring. He's like, mm, "My precious, I want that." Whatever he says. Um, and we all know how. Well, we don't know if you haven't seen it or read it. You don't know, but we all know how Gollum ends his story. Ah, he gets the ring finally. Oh, but then he falls into Mount Doom, into the fires of Mount Doom, and well, he far, falls into lava. Well, it's the fires of Mount Doom. Yeah. Thank you. But I love the shot. He falls into the pizza cheese of Mountain Dew. I know we're watching and, and they're showing the lava and Sean's like, pizza cheese. And I'm like, I got instantly hungry then I too. <laughs> um, I love the shot of the ring when it's just sitting there on top of the lava. And then you see the, the elvish mm-hmm. letters, the words come up and then it fucking melts. And I love it. It looks so cool. And you're like, oh my God, the ring is like destroyed. Anyway. Well, because at first you think, oh shit, is it going to... What's it going to do? It's not It's not. Is melting. someone else going to pick it up now? And then... And that's Elijah Wood at his, at his ultimate, at his best. The, those like two minutes. Pause. I'm sorry. Okay, there's a random dog issue in the front yard. Yeah, there was. Dogs, you know, when they go on walks and they pass other dogs, they go fucking nuts. Um... Andy Serkis ring, pizza yeah. cheese. Oh, yeah, pizza cheese. No, Elijah was so good in that scene where he puts the, he's like, you know, the ring is mine. He puts the ring on his finger. That shot of him turning around looking at Sean Astin, I just want to like free frame and like put it on my wall. And that little smile he gives right that before That smirk, he puts... yeah. I mean, you're like, oh, shit. So then this makes me think, okay, he, really, he failed in his quest. He did. Because then the ring got the better of him. Yep. Yeah. I mean. And it's only thanks to a happy accident, to a, a Bob Ross accident. Happy little <laughs> accident. Yeah. <laughs> to, a, to an accident that, that, that the mission Gollum was accomplished. bit his finger off to get the ring and danced around. I got the ring and then falls in. Like Because Elijah doesn't even. He, he got doesn't a even, lucky break there. Well, well, actually, he falls in because Elijah tackles him. Because he wants they, the ring back. And, the, and then they both go off. But if if he hadn't done that, Smeagol Gollum would have probably got the ring back on his finger and then run off. And then what would have thrown so, it on? Oh, shit, what did I just do? But yeah. I mean, yeah. So Frodo never gets to destroy the ring. No. I mean, he gets to. He just he doesn't. And really, if it hadn't been for Samwise, psh, he would have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. Um, Ian Holm. Ian Holm as Bilbo Baggins, who has a just a small part in this one. It's at the very end. He's like two billion years old, and he's going to the Grey Havens to, I, to I, die. I feel nah. yeah. We had it. We had a Sean and I had a Grey Havens conversation last well, night. We're no, like, the Grey Havens are where they depart from. I found out. That and they're port, going into the West. They're going to the Undying Lands, and there's another name for it. Okay, yeah, I did see the Undying Lands when I was Googling Yeah, this. the Grey Havens are where they leave from. So it's like the port Because they end up going Angeles. back to Rivendell, essentially. It's like Port to Call. They, they leave from San Pedro. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. 
So yeah, the okay. Grey Havens are where they left from. And, which is why the song Into the West by Annie Lennox, the song from this movie. Would whatever that, whatever the Elvish She never name, talks about the Grey Havens in the song, so yeah. Whatever the name of the, the Elvish name for where they're going, yeah, it means the, like the far west. Yeah. So and we're wondering like, does that Undying mean? Because yeah, at, at the end of the movie, which you know, no, I, 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 so it's a it's another it's a physical place where the elves go to live so they're not dying but then at some point it gets removed from the physical realm of middle earth to a different realm that's a whole new series yeah it it, it becomes like the rainbow bridge in asgard basically like the that website where people Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> I don't know. Nope, you mean Heaven's Gate? No, no. No, I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> what? So yeah, apparently, so they're going to a place where they can continue to be immortal. And it's it's questionable if it's on the physical plane of where they are now or if you're actually going to a different I want to say dimension without saying dimension. I just accidentally deleted all my notes. Hold on. <laughs> nah. It just, it's in my recently deleted. I got it. It's good. New folder. Why is it on this DVD? Anyway. Yes, the Undyland. So Frodo goes with them. Mm-hmm. So they're potentially going to live in peace forever, but just unable to return. Yeah. To like it's a one way to Middle Earth. Yeah. They're going to outer Earth or outer something. Earth. If Tolkien had lived for another hundred years, he could write a whole new series about the Undying Lands. Um, but yeah, Bil- uh, Bilbo has a much bigger role in well, the first one. Obviously, he has a bigger role in the Hobbit series because he's the main character. Um, because he is the Hobbit in the Hobbit. He is the Hobbit. Um, he's the titular Hobbit. So we'll, we talk more about him when we get to those other movies. Sure. Uh, and Sean Bean is listed. I think it's... I can't remember a scene with Sean Bean in Return of the King. It's got to be a flashback because he's dead. The So the flashback of, you know, the of Sean, of Boromir's victory, is that in Two Towers? That's in Two Towers. Director's cut. I think it's only the director's cut where it's like, the city will be reclaimed. I wonder... Sagondor! So yeah, I wonder why Sean Bean gets a. I mean, lucky for him. Maybe I, I was going to the bathroom. I don't know. But I don't really. Hey Peter, if you've watched, if you know this movie, <laughs> feel free to chime in. Um, where 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 does Sean Bean make an appearance? I'm not complaining. I love Sean. I'm Bean. not gonna look for it. I'm not, I'm um, not gonna Google it. Um, he's great. As obviously, Boromir is my favorite in the first one. He's only in the first one. Um, and you know that whole thing with Sean Bean. Every character he plays dies. He'll go on to be in one season of was Game of Thrones, but um, he lingers throughout all the seasons of Game of Thrones. Was it two years ago at Comic-Con where they had that huge banner of... Uh, Please don't kill Sean Bean. Or hashtag Sean, let Sean Bean live Sean, or something. Yeah, it was a few years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So that's our cast. No, an hour later, that's our main cast. Um, Sean Aston's daughter uh, played... At the end of the movie, they play. She plays Sam and Rosie's Rosie Cotton's daughter, Eleanor. That's Sean Astin's real daughter, and she's holding. And Rosie Cotton's character, um, actor, actress, forgot her name. Sarah McLeod. Uh-huh. 
she's holding her real son <laughs> not her fake son which is which is nice um, that's cute yeah i mean pj peter jackson's kids are in the movies yeah he's in all the all his, his kids katie and someone else they're in all the movies and they're the same age but now they're like in their like 30s or something no they're like in their 20s they're old we're all old um, Peter Jackson said that The Return of the King was the easiest one to make because it contained the climax of the story. Well, I, it had a, 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 well because like, they well, knew exactly how everything was needed to go. Yeah, yeah. So I can see. I can see Two Towers. There's no room to meander. Two Towers is probably the, the most difficult. Fellowship, you're like, okay, well, we know where we need to start it. Because, I mean, Two Towers. Two Towers, okay, we got to fill it. That's essentially Act 2, so that would be the the... Usually, Act Two was like the least interesting. I think Act Two is always the most interesting because that's when things get fucked up. If you like getting things getting fucked up, no, I guess. Empire, Empire Strikes Back is the same thing. No, I know. But like, I mean, okay, Return of the Jedi well, you start is the, off, things are great, and then whoa, no! Return of the Jedi is the best movie, but whatever. Well, because yeah, because we both saw it in the theater. I saw all three in the theater. <laughs> I'd have to ask. I don't recall. You saw Star Wars in the theater? In well, back then it would have been out for way longer. So yeah, I mean, they were like in theaters for like a year. So a couple it's years, yeah. highly possible. I was not alive for that one. I wasn't. Mm, brag. Ugh. I was one year old for Empire. I saw Return of the, Return, whoosh, Return of the King. Yeah, I did see that. I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when I was four. We'll talk about that when we get to it. I wonder if we'll get our first Star Wars movie next. Um, doubt it. So yeah, we talked about this movie. It was filmed in New Zealand, entirely in New Zealand. Um, I I'm trying to think of the places we went to, the Return of the King locations. Mm-hmm. I know we went to like you know the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. Um, we were there wherever that was in New Zealand. Um, yeah, I don't remember the actual. Place I names. felt like we went to more Two Towers locations because that was more outside. What are you doing? Let me plug this, let me, let me plug this battery in. Let's see, um, let's see if that stays on. So, should I talk about the Grey Haven scene? That's next in my notes. Okay. Well, that doesn't really talk about just... So, oh, the Grey the Haven laugh scene, riot you know... Of um, the Grey Havens. Frodo, you know, Mary and Pippin and Sam are there to say goodbye to Frodo. Well, no, they're saying goodbye to Bilbo and yeah. Gandalf. They think they're saying goodbye to Gil- Gilbo <laughs> and Bandolf. <laughs> um, what they don't know is that Frodo is also going with them because. Well, okay. Well, what's we'll happening is my favorite, my favorite, favorite scene well, in the entire trilogy. Because what's happening is when they go to Bilbo has the green dragon. Bilbo has been allowed passage. Bilbo asks Frodo where they're going and stuff, and he, Frodo tells him. The elves have afforded you a great honor of going with them mm-hmm. to... Because, like we said, he's like two billion years wherever old. Wherever the hell, yeah. whatever the hell the, the English name is. Mm-hmm. So Bilbo's going with the yeah. elves because they're leaving Middle-earth. The elves are leaving Middle-earth. Yeah, because their time is done. It's time for the, the rule of men. Fall has... It's been like an eternal spring, but then fall came, and now it's winter. Um, okay, yeah. whatever. Um, well, it's like fall in this movie in Rivendell. It's Never. always fall. No, it was like spring and fellowship. Um, so 
after Frodo destroys the ring, okay, his life is never the same, mm-hmm. right? His life changed the moment he got stabbed with that Witch King blade, whatever the hell, in Fellowship. With the wound that would never heal. The wound that would never heal. And it really, it doesn't. Um, and there is a scene in Return of the King that is my favorite huh? in the entire trilogy. You know what I'm talking about. They're sitting at the table. When they're sitting at the table at the Green Dragon. Elijah comes by with four mugs of beer and they all sit around. No one says anything. No one says anything because they're looking around and all the hobbits that are in the that are in the bar. It's a bar. Have been and, going on as if nothing has ever happened. none of their lives have changed. All these people, you know, far, gaffer, mm-hmm. farmer, whatever's, fat hobbit guy. None of their lives Pr- have, proud have changed. Proud <laughs> foot. Um, proud feet. Whatever he says. And then you have these four hobbits who have been through... So much. Their lives are so different now from where they were 13 months before. And but they all they do is kind of look at each other and not a word has to be said. It's such a powerful scene. It's very, I mean, I kind of like compared to, you know, like anyone who goes to war and they come back and they have these, mm-hmm. you know, vet groups or, you know, like you share something now that can never your lives, you know, will never be the same because it's something you shared together and you don't have to even say a word. They're just looking at each other and they, you know, they clink their glasses. And it's such a, oh, it's such a good scene because there is no dialogue. Mm-hmm. But yet you know exactly what they're thinking. You know exactly what's going on around them. And then there's that, Frodo kind of narrates a little bit and there's that line that makes me just clench and cry. I clenched and cried last night in my head so how do you i I wrote it down how do you pick up the piece how do you pick up the threads of an old life how do you go on when in your heart you begin to understand there's no going back there are some things that time cannot mend (laughs) i'm gonna start crying (laughs) some hurts that go too deep that have taken hold and that's and that's frodo that's what he everything he's gone through this is what he feels every day and which is why him going on to the undying lands makes sense yeah because he knows he can't just pick up and get married. You know, Sam gets married to Rosie Cotton. They have kids. Like, his life goes on as a hobbit, and he's fine. Mary and Pippin, they go on. They become, like, fucking mayor or something. I don't know what it says in the books. But Frodo can't because his life is forever changed because of this whole experience. So him going to the Undying Lands makes sense. Because like, his, his friends really, don't know that. There's nothing for him. There's nothing for him there. He's seen too much, really, is what yeah. it is. It's so heartbreaking, really, when you think of it. Like, I can't imagine, like, going through something like that and then coming back and being like, there's nothing from here. And I Mm -hmm. know that people feel like that, you know, in this world. And unfortunately, we have no Undying Lands to go to. You know, there's... No, you just end up with homeless vets everywhere. Or suicide. Or I mean, it's such a heartbreaking thing. But I think, you know, this puts, I guess, a happy ending because after he tells his hobbit friends that he's leaving and they're all crying you see frodo about to leave and you see him the happiest he's ever been there's that shot he's turning around he looks 10 years younger Mm -hmm. he's smiling and you're like oh my god this is this is what he needs to do and then but so we're gonna talk about the the filming of this this (laughs) so obviously mary pippin and samwise they're all crying mary and pippin have been crying for a while because they're so sad that Bilbo's leaving. 
Sam is like, okay, well, it's sad. But then when Sam finds out that Frodo's leaving, Sean Aston gives, again, he's run, his, his streak is going strong. His crying makes me so, like, <laughs> nauseous and sick to my stomach. And they had to film this scene, like, four times or something. Except Three times. The first time there was a problem with the lens. I thought it was Sam's vest or something. I don't know the order of how. Well, I think. Of how it went. Whatever it was, there was one problem. One technical problem. They had to do mm-hmm. the scene again, which sucks because then they have to get back into that. That cry. I mean, they're all that emotion again. Balling, yeah. And then, at some point, Sean Aston has is wearing the wrong shirt. Yep. So then that and he him hearing he him f- tell that story because he he. Obviously, looks like he feels so bad about it. Because I guess, sorry, guys. And everyone to, hated him. You have to build up all that crying <laughs> all over again. I mean, crying in general kind of make, just wears you out. I can't imagine having to. Yeah. So now, of course, I see that scene. And I, I'm only thinking, like, oh my god, this is like the fourth time they've had to do it, had to do this, and those poor guys, and and they pull it off. But. Well, because yeah. they're pros. I they're mean, pros. That's what yeah. they do. So, what was I going to say? Um, you know, Peter Jackson, he ne- he didn't get to see this movie until it premiered. Because they were literally working on this movie up until the end of November of 2003. And it came out, when I say, December 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the last shot was filmed November 25th. So, he never saw this movie until the premiere in Wellington. On, like, what, December 1st or something? Yeah. I, I can't imagine how stressful that time was. Because you're... This movie was huge. Everyone was waiting for it. Yeah. It's cool that they had the premiere at Wellington, in Wellington, New Zealand, where it should be, and, like, the whole city showed up. Which was, a uh, basically, Peter Jackson kind of, who was that one producer? What was his name? Or, last name starts with an O. Barry Osborne? Nope, the other one. There's Rick Porras. Was it a New Line guy? Or? He looked like... I don't, I'm not Miles good. from Murphy Brown. I <laughs> was there Ordensky? Mark Ordensky, yeah, yeah. You said Miles from Murphy Brown, yeah, Mark Ordensky. So I, Peter Jackson had wanted to do the premiere in Wellington, and they were For like they, the first two. They all said no. Okay. Because you know it's what's Wellington? It's too small. It's yeah. not a. It's tiny. Yeah. You know, it's not LA. It's not New York. It's not yeah. London. Yeah. So then I guess Peter Jackson said it. To Ordesky on camera in front of like a crowd, basically announcing that it was going to be in basically just putting him on the spot, and he can't say he can't say no at this yeah. point. So he totally threw him under the bus on that yeah. one. And that was Which fucking great. Fine. Um, I mean, it's such a a weird passive was, aggressive Kiwi thing to, to have, do. <laughs> I mean, to have the final movies premiere there. I mean, it's like a love letter to Wellington. Oh yeah, and that's and that's. Where these movies were made, and no one deserves to have that premiere more than, more than Willie Well, Windy Wellington. Windy Welly. Windy Welly, yeah. Um, you can't beat it on a good day, apparently. So I've heard. You can't beat Wellington on a good day. This movie was nominated, so it did well at the Oscars. Okay, so the first movie I know, um, Fellowship, was nominated for thirteen Oscars. I only know that because of. The times I saw in theater. I don't know how many Two Towers. It's a lot less. 
Don't get me started on why Howard Shore was not nominated for Two Towers score. I feel like Return of the King had 10 nominations, but I... 11. Okay. Okay. Um, it won every single award it was nominated for, which doesn't happen. It was nominated and won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, Best Visual Effects, Best Art Decoration, Decoration. <laughs> that decorate. Best art direction, best costume design, best makeup, best sound editing, and best film editing. Um, Did you name 11 things? I don't know. I just grabbed it from Wiki. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. I, don't know. I was just checking. Um, it holds the record for highest Academy Award totals tied with Titanic. And can you guess the other one? It's tied. Gone with the Wind. I don't know. Fifties came on the fifties. Casablanca. I don't know. It's like epic-y. I've never seen it. Ben Hur. Yes, Ben Hur. Eleven. Okay. Um, Oh, I did know Ben Hur. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was a big deal when when Titanic won Mm eleven. Because you're like, oh my god, Ben Hur. It's been like forty years. So eleven is the record then for. So the first movie that hits twelve will then be the. Which I don't see any movie. Getting 12 nominations and winning them all. That doesn't happen. That really doesn't happen. And I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't well, happen. we haven't seen Incredibles 3 yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, acting, you have to get an acting award in there. Um, it was the first fantasy film to win yep, Best Picture. I which did is a know that. Big deal. People are like, oh my gosh, genre. It's a thing? Yes, people. God. Um, that was a big deal. Winning Best Picture was a big deal. I feel like they the Academy saved it up for this yeah, movie though, which is kinda, a shitty thing to do. They're like, well, I mean, yeah, Fellowship of the Ring was nominated for thirteen. It didn't win thirteen, and yeah, I mean, you can't like, help but think, oh, were like they kind of baking it, it for? Like, it won like art and sound, or whatever, didn't it? I think costume I think won. I think Howard Shore won. Yeah, and I think everyone kind of in the back of their heads are like, well, they're obviously just saving it for this one. Does which it mean is, it's the best? But I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad it won. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I'm yeah. just like, you know, you could have parsed it out, you know, where you thought it actually, I mean, but maybe they, maybe the Academy did genuinely think that the, this was the better movie. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, like I said, Sean Astin should have been nominated. They didn't have any acting. Because I feel like Fellowship should have won more than it did, but you know, whatever. It was up against Milan Rouge. And a beautiful mind, which one I think best picture that you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Boring. Beautiful mind's good, but I mean. It's fine. It's not fellowship. It's no the Moulin Rouge. Oh. It's no Moulin Rouge. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do you have any uh, favorite scenes in Return of the King? Uh, Besides the where they sit down at uh, the Green Dragon and just look. The at one other. that gets me. Oh, you know what I was gonna I ask. I wrote one, two things after this one. Well, after this favorite scene. One thing that I was waiting for that I didn't see and I thought, did I miss it? Or was, was it in the director's cut? Mouth of Sauron. That's in the director's cut. Right? Okay. Yep. I'm like, mm-hmm. did I miss, did I walk away? Did I? I forgot his name. The guy who does it. Who taught, who, he's in other movies too. We like, just saw him in, you know. Something. Yeah, that's only in the director's cut. Okay. Where that's they go up to the gate and they actually meet the Mouth of Sauron. And he's got a, like a fucking sideways mouth. Because he has... Frodo's shirt. Yes. His chainmail? Uh-huh. Or his the, mithril? The mithril shirt. Yeah. yeah. And then 
Aragorn cuts his head off. Yep. But yeah. I was like, oh, did I miss? And then did I, is this not in this movie? The scene where Frodo and Gollum are struggling and Frodo says, Smeagol promised, and then it's Gollum's voice who says, Smeagol lied. lied. I was the, wait. I kept waiting for that scene. I'm like, wait, where the fuck? Which one is it? I know who you're talking about. Does it appear in Two Towers? Then, or? Shit, I don't know. So I, every time that Smeagol jumped on Frodo, I'm like, oh, here it is. Nope. Nope. It could be a director's cut thing. Um, I don't know if... Like, I waited for I don't that. think he would have admitted that he lied in Two Towers yet. Yeah. Right? He kind of held everything till the end. His card's close to the vest. Because even... In Return of the King, he's saying, Smeagol promised, blah, blah, blah. What are your thoughts on Gollum, Smeagol? The best character in the movie. Is he? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah he's I... the R2-D2 of... What? Of... She just comp... Yeah. So, R2-D2 is the main character in Star Wars. Yes, he is. He is. Because st- he remains the same throughout. Yep. Same with... Smeagol. Even though Smeagol changes into Gollum, it's still the same. It's his evolution, but it's mm-hmm. the same. He's the driving force of all three movies. Because he's always... He spurs on Frodo and you Sam. You can't separate him and the ring. Right. It'd be like saying the ring is the you most important character. you feel that same way about like, him and the Hobbit? No. But it's like saying the ring is the most important character in the movie, which it, ultimately it is. Without was, the ring, you have nothing. It was great in The Hobbit, Martin Freeman. Anyway. Martin Freeman's great in everything Martin Freeman does. Yes. Even no, Black Panther. My yeah. favorite scene is, of course... The what I wrote. At the end. Yes. Yeah. On, in Minas With Tirith. His, his coronation. When... Aragorn's coronation. Everyone... <laughs> I'm getting choked up. I know. I love, everyone, during the scene, I kind of looked over at Sean. I'm like, you too? Or whatever. I have... Because after Aragorn sings his weird little song, I don't need it. But it's like watching like someone that. sing in front of you. I don't, I don't need to see it. It makes me uncomfortable. Him but, singing uh, or me singing? No, 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 him. Oh. Like if someone came into this room right now and started playing an acoustic guitar and sang, you know, anything. Is that loud? Can you hear that? Sorry, another person's mowing their lawn. I have windows open. It's okay. I mean, it's it's ambient. It's getting louder. Yeah, let me pause real quick. No, so it would be like if if some fucking guy came in here with an acoustic guitar and started singing. Like you can't okay. you can't look at him and you. If he, Aragorn he better not make fucking eye contact with was, me. Had just been crowned king and decided I'm going to sing you two lines of a song. I would stare at him. I would, and I I would look down. It's right? Aragorn. Is it's handsome. That? Yeah, I don't want to see him sing. Anyways, okay. so as he's walking through the crowd and he sees everyone, you know, bows to him and he mm-hmm. sees Arwen and they reunite and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, of course, he comes to the four hobbits who <laughs> Look at him. Are, He's like holding his chest right now, guys. He's, who are wearing their shitty know, hobbit clothes. Like the, their vest and hobbit like finest. Crop, crop pants. <laughs> They're wearing their capri pants, their linen capri pants. <laughs> their, their dapper little vests each one's wearing a different color yeah well of course you gotta you know. tell them apart they got the same hair and of course 
they start to bow. And then, he, and then Aragorn stops them and he says, my friends. <laughs> my, my eyeballs are, are hot. What does he say? What does he say to them? I think you should cut Did in I, the, the clip of him. I, I probably will. Yeah. Uh, I have to make sure we're recording. Because <laughs> you're not doing this shit again. you got to have a he great says, Havens moment. So Aragorn stops him and he says, my friends. <laughs> Can't do it. Shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my friends, you bow to no one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, na, 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 so then na, he... The so then he ever. and Arwen bow to these yeah. four humble little hobbits. And, and then, of course, the entire sliver. crowd. Whatever they're standing on, you know. On that, Minas on Tirith that, yeah. cliff. They all bow. And they're looking around and, you know, that's the scene. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the scene. Oh, yeah. My friends. You bow to no one. Is that getting more than for Frodo? Oh, yeah. Okay. I got weepy during for Frodo. Oh, I did too. Oh, no, I mean, not weepy, but they're I got... To, they're about to attack, you know, and Aragorn... Because really, Aragorn... He's king. At and this he's moment. running he's, to his death, essentially. Yeah, and he turns around and faces his, his army and just says, For Frodo. And I was like... Ugh. And I love that... Oh, God. Because it, it is. It's all, it's well, really, all for and, this And this I love quest. that... Aside from Aragorn, the first two people that run into battle are Mary the and Pippin. Yeah, they're like, ah, yeah. So yeah, and and that whole God, fuck that whole sequence of the destruction of Mordor mm-hmm. and Minas Tirith. Minas Tirith. Nope. Nope. That other one. Um, Minas Morgul. Minas Morgul is that what it's called? When it after the ring has been destroyed and it all starts to deconstruct and <laughs> you know they, they're cheering effort like everything's like in slow motion well because you see it's the, amazing you see sauron i mean Sar, yeah sauron's tower falling yeah you see the tower starting to fall and everyone's cheering and then you see mount doom in the background that starts to explode basically yeah like, a, like realize, a volcano oh shit that's but where i feel we're. like was it who they who do they show first is it pippin they show first when he realizes well they show Frodo. mary it's cheering he's yelling he's like frodo yeah they're all cheering or yeah they're all but cheering some, they, forget who they show first and then they show pippin when they see mount doom explode and then pippin realizes that frodo that's where frodo Sam. is yeah yeah and uh, and then he's such in a, tears it's such a good but i love okay i love breaking legolas that scene down legolas when he's trying to get to aragorn sorry i love it yeah because the it. troll's stomping on him yeah no I like when the tower, when Sauron's tower is falling, it's it's crumbling mm-hmm. and it's toppling over, mm-hmm. and then Sauron's little eyeball mm-hmm. explodes. Yeah, and the the physics engine they use uh-huh. for the computer Boom. in a theater sounds great. So cool because it it blows the tower away from the ground. It it blows it in the opposite direction that it's falling. Uh huh. I mean, and you see that, and it, it just looks so goddamn cool. Does it sound as cool in the theater? I don't, I don't remember as 
the prologue of Fellowship? Remember the prologue the, yes. and there's that scene? When Sauron <gasps> slams his shit down. And it reverberated like dro- throughout the entire theater. He he drops the shit, basically. Yeah, anyway. No. Yeah, but okay. Remember in our later movies, we were like, or was it? No, I think it was when we were watching it in at Howard Hughes in the director's hall. Mm-hmm. We called them the rumble seats. Yeah. Because it had speakers they... in the seats. Literally rumbled your ass. I mean, that, that, yeah, that was playing the whole yeah. Um, so, yeah, you bow to no one. So, yeah, that's the, the scene. That takes the cake. There it's was another scene, though. That... What's great about that scene is, so I can quick talk about the music. Mm. Howard Shore. Um, still my favorite film scores of all time. These three movies. Okay, yeah, understandable. Um, I, I mean... It's hard to beat John Williams, but if anyone beats John Williams, it's Howard Shore's uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. And well, who are your big three, top three? Are they? Let me guess: John Williams, Howard Shore, and it's not Hans even, Zimmer. It's not even Howard Shore because it's only oh, it's only Howard Shore from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, so is it John Williams, Hans Zimmer, and Michael Giacchino? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Patrick Doyle's up there, which. We'll cover him. We'll talk about him when we talk about like Kenneth Branagh movies. He does all of Kenneth Branagh movies. Did Hans Zimmer score Cool Runnings? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like. Did that have a soundtrack? Hey, Google. Did Hans Zimmer score Cool Runnings? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that yet. Yeah, no, you but suck, I found Google. Something related. Do you want to know how true is the movie Cool Runnings? No, no. shut up. Cutting this out. No, thank you. Thanks. No uh, sweat. <laughs> Shut up, Google. <laughs> um, yeah, so right after he says, you bow to no one, and everyone bows, the music that comes in is the Shire theme. And that's what makes it emotional for me. It's... And that's, that's our Hobbit Shire theme. The fact that it's it's soaring during See, I that. Don't, I, I don't. I know you don't know. I don't have that that instant recall for music, but I do recognize when things are familiar, but I can't mm-hmm. place it. Well, you know, if you hear so that. I definitely did notice something familiar. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like it's for me. I feel like it's the Hobbit theme, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not the Hobbit the movie theme, but I mean the Hobbits. Anywhere, anytime it you is. see Hobbits, yeah. that's the music you should be hearing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're not going to be playing. Okay, okay. They're not going to be playing that one during Got this it. scene. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I love uh, this. I love is a this long music. one, by the way. That's we're, fine. We're going long. Um, so, I th- this one, Best Original Score, I, I think Fellowship also won Two Towers. Was not nominated for best original score because they said it was too derivative. You of... couldn't be nominated two years in a row for the same, or it was a dumb rule that now they're saying, "Oh yeah, that that didn't make sense. He should have been nominated." They like have gone back on their decision to not 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 make him eligible. It pisses me off so much because the two well, towers. It's the same dumb is... rule of why <sighs> Moulin Rouge couldn't uh, this for come what may come what may couldn't have been nominated. Yeah. I mean, it's so dumb. Yeah, the Come Up May song from Moulin Rouge was not eligible for an Oscar because he actually wrote it for Romeo and Juliet, but didn't release it. I mean, the Academy has many rules that are 
they don't make sense and anyway. they're problematic on their own yeah for um, other reasons anyway but anyways. but because of the the schedule of these movies the making and all this stuff um howard shore had to write seven minutes of music a day to keep up with the schedule a new a brand new seven minutes each day for two years or three years he started i think he started working on this before they started filming which is again also rare because usually music is done last <laughs> but uh i don't know peter jackson liked howard shore's work with um cronenberg which is weird david cronenberg yeah he did a lot of cronenberg he did signs of the lambs and did Cronenberg do The Fly? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know Howard Shore did. Did he do Reanimator? Mm, I think so. Or, mm. Yeah. Because oh. Cronenberg's a horror guy. Yeah, he's weird. But Howard Shore did all his music, and so <laughs> Peter Jackson's like, well, I really like your work with Cronenberg. Who? Can I fly you down to New Zealand and we'll give us a shot and, and look what happened. It's like fucking Who magic. Who was Peter Jackson's music guy before Howard Shore? Like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, like Or heavenly creatures and frighteners <laughs> and stuff. And... I don't know. I know this was the first time he met Howard Shore. The first time, you know. Interesting. He said, can I fly you down to New Zealand? I don't know that I knew that. I may have known it. I'm sure I knew it at one time. but. Um, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes is? For Return of the King? For Return of the King. I'm going to say no lower than 89, no higher yeah. than 91. Hmm? What, what is it? 93. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, that's, I mean, that's... Like I said, anything in the 90s... I'm glad it's that high, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't put as much faith in Rotten Tomatoes as I should have, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of skewed sometimes, <laughs> but they're getting better. Um, Roger Ebert, who I think will be like the one guy I quote, <laughs> the one critic I quote, because he's the only one that I care about. Um, he said, uh, Return of the King is such a crowning achievement, such a visionary use of all the tools of special effects, and such a pure spectacle that it can be enjoyed even by those who have not seen the first two films. Yeah, I, Do I you get agree? it. Because oh, yeah. we're doing this before the first two films. If, if you only, if someone only vaguely described the plot like leading they gotta up return, to they gotta destroy this ring then you could watch on your own and it'd be fine you could even you're missing out on a lot like if you said oh so there's this evil ring needs to be destroyed and he's the one who's taking it there mm-hmm. and that's all you need to know you're like well who are all these other people they're kind of his friends who are these people that have never even met him before <laughs> these Rohan people they're, they're people in the world who they're helping his friends support the help mission, him. but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like any other. Like you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to watch Return of the Jedi without knowing enough story. Nor would you be able to watch. I saw it when I was Deathly four, Hallows. and I don't think I knew. Yeah, oh, Harry Potter's. Like you, you couldn't watch Harry. You know, Harry Potter out of order. Why would you? Why would? You sit down and be like, mm, I should watch these Harry Potter movies. I think the first one I'll watch is Deadly Hollows, part one. It's funny. When I bought the Harry Potter books, I bought two and three, maybe just okay. two. You, no, why not the first one? Because first, I didn't know it was a serial. It's like no. I knew it was a series, but I didn't realize they okay. were okay. serialized. Like a chronological type yeah. of story. And... and 
when I went to go buy the fruit, because I only bought only buy books in hardcover anyways. Well, it wasn't matter. They didn't. They happened to not have Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. So I I just bought what they had, which was yeah. I think two and three. Okay. So and then I, I three I came opened, out ninety nine. So I opened. Right. I opened two. And I'm like, oh wait. I'm looking at. Oh, I think. There I need to know the first this. book first. Yeah. yeah. So I waited, and then I went. I mean, J.K. does a, a very brief summary. Mm-hmm. She she weaves it in to Harry's narration in the first in Chamber of Secrets, which I always notice because I always think like, I wonder if if they hadn't read the first book, there's like a little recap. Would they be okay? I don't know why we're talking about Harry Potter. It's all the same. I mean, we're just saying that you can probably watch Return of the King without. Had you having... read? Tolkien's books before yeah, these movies? Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. Like I, rereading the books like on the planes at London my first mm-hmm. time, I that hadn't was, remembered. You had, you had seen Fellowship. Yeah. And that's it at the time. Cause you, I hadn't remembered yeah. them well enough to be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I still remember, I still remember reading The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Because I read that, that was the very first thing I'd read. And I mean, not, not, Overall, but I mean, for Tolkien, that was the yeah. first book I'd read. Mm-hmm. And then I remember realizing, oh, there's these other ones. So I bought Lord of the Rings. And then I bought, and I read those. And then I bought, oh, then it, oh there's this other one. And Cimmerillion? I bought, and I bought Cimmerillion. Which and is I, still unopened. I, I opened it. I'm like, I don't know. Is this the Bible? What am I reading? Yeah, I haven't read it either. We did, own it. Did, some, did all the pages it's, fall out and then it's they just put them into whatever order they picked them up in? To be honest, I, I've never tried reading the similar name, but I've read so much of like, wow, it's really hard to read. You should that try. I haven't, even, I haven't even tried. And right now I haven't been able to read a book since Trump was elected. So who the hell knows what I'm able to do these days? Because well, Trump doesn't read. So do you like the president do? Yeah, I, I was taking, I was in college. It was the summer of 2000. I was taking a summer class. And my teacher, Professor Carol Hale, was a big nerd. And she said, so I hear they're making Lord of the Rings movies. And we were talking about it. And this was July. And Comic-Con had just released the very first trailer it wasn't even a trailer it was like a behind the scenes trailer first look at fellowship of the ring and at the time it was the most downloaded thing that had ever been downloaded in the entire universe was this the the footage that showed like the yeah camera on the wire flying through yeah the trees? yeah okay. it was i mean this was 2000 so the movie wasn't going to be coming out for another year and a half basically it was the urukai versus fellowship scene basically like just and the had filming some of that. Talking like this is what we're doing. Like, you didn't even really see anything. You just saw like yeah. a camera flying through the trees. Yeah, I remember going home and downloading it on my slow ass dial up internet. Twenty eight point eight. And I and I said <laughs> I think I should read these books. So I went to my favorite used bookstore in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, owned by a guy who smoked a pipe all day. Didn't he have a cat? Uh he might have. I never saw it. It was just him and the pipe. I found. Three books, they were 50 cents each, <coughs> and I didn't read them. <laughs> I because? Read, I just never, I was like, eh. Okay. Uh, I don't read just, genre books. Well, this was 2000. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you what I was reading. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read the books until after Fellowship came out. And okay. I, did, I didn't read those ones that I bought. I went and mm-hmm. bought the the one book that had the three, mm-hmm. like the three mm-hmm. in one. It had the, the cover was a shot from the movie. I hate, I never buy those books. I know, but it was 20, I, I worked at a bookstore. I got 50% off. It was $10 for me. Yeah, I, I would never buy the now it was uh, the, now a hit movie or now it was the non school with the moonlight in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I didn't read it till after, um, and I've read them a few times since. I usually end up reading Fellowship and then stopping, but mm-hmm. we've strayed from Return of the King. This is not Return of the King. Um, the Return of the King book is like half book, half appendices. Well, and even okay. But even going further in the books, though, like Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King, mm-hmm. those are collected volumes of books because each one of those is like four books, actually. Like, yeah, if Tolkien you, wrote. Weird if you books. bought the original Fellowship of the Ring, it was four volumes. It was four books within. It was broken up into four books. Yeah. Well, and then Tolkien wanted to release this all as one book, and. The editors were like, um, you got to at least split it up into three. So he made 12 books, basically. He's like, oh, screw you, fine. I but mean, it's it's really, it's more, it's, it has more story than the Bible. I mean. And it's more entertaining. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Good movie. Good end to a fantastic tri- trilogy. How do you feel about people's complaints of the multiple pseudo endings i don't give a shit what they think i'm fine with it my i, I mean under, i see like, i understand the complaint because each like vignette fades to black yeah so yeah but you're like what oh, are they gonna do a star wars wipe i mean <laughs> you know no i i mean i mean they're not gonna put on-screen text those are the people that they're are complaining gonna, that know. it's just too long no it's not long enough i mean i'm but, fine with it because without those endings, we don't get, you know, Sam saying, well, I'm back. That's such a, it's not like the last line of the book. Uh-huh. We don't get the scene in the Green Dragon. We don't get the Great Havens. I mean, we have to, they're, they're all endings in their own way. And you have to show it all. Or else how would you end end it? I you know, know, I was thinking when Frodo wakes up after getting rescued by the eagles. Oh, the eagles. They're. They're in Minas Tirith, right? Not Rivendell. Like how he wakes up after. Yeah, no, because Rivendell's like gone. Yeah. And, well, I mean, we're, yeah. and Rivendell's way too far yeah, away. Yeah, he's probably they in wake Minas up, Tirith. They, fly, they all fly back to Minas, Minas Tirith because that's where we, that's the next scene basically is the coronation. Yeah, stuff. yeah, that's probably where. Yeah, I remember watching and going, oh, are they back in Rivendell again? Is what he always your, waking up in Rivendell? Your... Is that his sp- respawn point <laughs> like in the game? And it's October the 24th, if you'd like to know. What's your opinion on those eagles? Because, you know, those... The, the argument is that, oh, why didn't they why just use they the just... eagles the first time? And yeah. then the explanation is always they're their own... They do their own thing. They operate on their own will and, mm-hmm. it, you know, and they choose when and yeah. where to participate. I, I took I that it. argument and I've taken that and I'm ever since. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean... There'd be no, I mean, uh, yeah, there'd be no story if the Eagles had been like, oh, well, here, let's, let's take you there. Because, I mean... It, we'll get there tomorrow. That would be the deus ex machina 
you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, would, it, yeah, it would make everything easier, but you can do that with every movie, though. Yeah. Making oh everything God, yeah. easier. Yeah. It's, yeah. Get those ideas out of your head, people. We like, like story. Like for Harry Potter, if, if Dumbledore broke his own wand, no more movie. Because <laughs> that's all Voldemort needed was his wand, really. I can't wait till we get to Harry Potter. You know, so. Or even if, or if Dumbledore just killed Harry Potter, no movie. Yeah. He's like, no, let's just get this done with. It's a fucking baby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the fucking baby. Look at this. Look at this dumb baby. Uh, dumb baby with a thing on his head. Bah. This dumb baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, so, I mean, that's, it. it's a dumb argument. I yeah. hate it. People's arguments against things I like, I, t- I tend to just be like, mm, whatever. I don't care. You get, you're entitled to your argument, but don't push it on me. I like what I like and I believe what I believe. You know what I mean? Eagles do what they want to do and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we can, we can pick it from this volcano. Sure. I, I, I mean, because I enjoy the eagles fighting the Naz, the flying Nazgul. I love that. Yeah, and because I mean, then you realize, oh, these are some big fucking eagles. They're big, and the fact that they just pick, they're not they they're pick not eagles. Frodo up eagles. in their little claws, and Frodo's like, oh my god, this is like a Casper mattress. Ah, he falls asleep, whatever he does. You can sponsor us, Casper. That'd be yeah, cool. that's what Frodo felt like when he picked up by the eagle. Or he did was... he feel like he was on a Lisa mattress? Or a purple. We'll take it all, guys. <laughs> yeah. Or a Sealy hybrid spring memory foam mattress. Who knows? Um, but Sean and I are hungry. We haven't eaten dinner yet. So we're going to wrap this mofo up. We have to go cook our HelloFresh. Yeah, we got HelloFresh. <laughs> Hello. Sponsor again. What else can we throw in there? Squarespace? Is that what our... Nope, we're using... No, this Someone else. this show is is hosted by um, Buzzsprout. Thank you, Buzzsprout. The five minute pod with Kira and Sean is hosted on Squarespace. <laughs> Which you haven't done. I like know. I was gonna months. do. I was gonna record with her today, and I totally forgot. Um, any final thoughts on Return of the King? Mm. Watch it if you haven't, but preferably watch the first two. It it's I mean. it's fun to go in and watch the. All the appendices footage, all the behind the scenes mm-hmm. footage, all the commentaries, all the interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because then you can go back and watch the movie and you can pick out weird, not weird, fun cameos. And, and to this day, we still refer to the appendices of things that we've learned while we watched the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, and yes, I have seen the appendices numerous times, so I like know them by heart. But... It, it it does add a lot. As any commentary or, or behind-the-scenes thing does to any movie, it adds to it. Um, it doesn't... I don't think it ruins the viewing at all. Like, I mean, it's so, like... It would be like saying, oh, oh no, seeing... Oh, I know how they did it. Eh, I don't like it. Well, it'd like, be like saying, oh, seeing Peter Jackson in the movie ruins it for me. No. No. <laughs> it's fun. We have that Peter Jackson. We don't have him displayed, remember? Is it that one from like Peter Jackson has Corsair. That's the Corsair uh-huh. guy. Yeah, that's right. He's in a box. He's that's a that's a sideshow piece, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, that was an expensive one. Okay. Um yeah, but should we uh should we ask Google what we're doing next? Oh, Google, make it good. What are we what, 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 what am I asking her to do? So as you're doing that, 
I want to mention something that I neglected last episode because in our re-record. What was that? Oh, Pirates? My dream. Oh, yeah, because it ties into Lord of the Rings. So. Make it quick. Well before any Pirates of the Caribbean footage came out, I had, but we knew the movie was coming out. Mm. Or we knew they were working on the movie. Mm. I had a dream and I told Diane about it. I said, oh, I had a dream about Pirates of the Caribbean for the movie. And in my dream, I I am looking camera POV. I'm underwater. The camera's looking underwater. And I see feet walking through this through the shot. And it's skeleton feet. And we thought, oh, that was kind of weird. And then lo and behold, probably months later, we see the first maybe trailer, but we definitely saw the movie. And in that movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Curse of the Black Girl, <laughs> there's the one scene where the pirates go to attack the Norrington's Navy, basically, his, yeah. his sailors. And they walk through the water as skeletons. And we see that scene, cameras underwater, and skeleton feet walk past the camera. Dun, dun, dun. My dream yes. is prophecy. And he also had a... And there's a... Two Towers. A Two Towers dream, which I'll bring up more. I'll be more than happy to bring that up when that yes, time comes. Yes, he loves his prophetic dreams. Anyway, I'm glad you got that in. So anyways, to Google. Hey, Google. Pick a number between 1 and 276. 96. 96. She really doesn't like those 200 ones, huh? What do you think? Hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> it's our first Harry Potter movie. Let me guess. Uh, we did Return of the King. Now we have of, to do oh. Deathly Hollows Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The one that I hate watching because it's so goddamn sad. Uh, so Potter. we watched one finale now we're watching another finale how google harry potter and the deathly hollows part two if the first star wars movie that gets picked is revenge of the sith i'm gonna be fucking pissed <laughs> you know it's gonna be <laughs> uh, okay so yeah the 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 harry potter finale hey do we own the series huh? of unfortunate events movie yeah oh we do yeah we do the jim carrey one mm-hmm. okay random just I was just thinking about shit. Anyways. Okay. So yeah. Um, until next time, watch the the last movie of the eight-part Harry Potter saga. Uh, it's a doozy. Way to fuck it up, Google. It's a doozy. Yeah. But if you don't know the story of Harry Potter, then I'm sorry. Dumb Google. You'll have to deal with spoilers abound. What? Is spoilers a, abound. Is that a thing? Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So get your tissues out because it's a sad one. <laughs> Not because you're going to jerk off. Okay, anyways. Help. Okay. That's all I have. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.